BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. known to be one of the most fearless journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And you are listening to the Shepard Ambellis Show. Without further ado, here is your host, Shepard Ambellis. Happy Monday, everyone. How was your weekend? I hope you guys had a grand weekend. Um, I put in some more work on the network, got some of the scheduling done. We're going to welcome some more shows to the network. I was telling people about Conspiracy Chicks. They're going to be coming on uh, the network, uh, along with some other shows that I'll be announcing. So we're... uh, you know, we're happy to uh, have some new shows coming to the lineup. So that's going to be interesting. And, you know, we're still building out. It's a work in progress. I think in about two weeks, the network has sound more like an actual real network. You know, we and uh, we got Bethany Adani with us. We got Kevin Adams, retired uh, Air Force mechanic, jet mechanic coming on because we're going to get down to some nitty gritty toward the end of the broadcast on this uh, thing that a lot of people have been talking about. I'm going to call it, uh, you know, there's a conspiracy behind it out there. If you research it, uh, a lot of stuff going around on social media, it's called the jet fuel hoax. And it's a conspiracy to where people believe that these jets do not hold as much fuel as they claim and they're not burning as much fuel and that this type of weight is not possible for the wings to support and all this. So we're going to run some math, calculate some numbers, talk to an actual retired Air Force mechanic. It's going to be really fun. We're also going to get into just what's coming down the pipe with the weather situations, drought, um, man-made conditions, geoengineering, um, weather wars, weather modification, and just crop failure in general, food scarcity, um, 
you know, because things are looking bleak in a lot of areas. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about during the show and we'll uh, get into this and get everyone's um, take on this and, and, you know, really uh, get some uh, thinking caps on, get our thinking caps on DNA. Okay. These DNA tests, the DNA data banks, all of this stuff, those um, gene banks that you can go submit your DNA to and they link your family lineage and all this, right? Um, I never trusted that stuff from the beginning, but there's a clip that we were going to play. I'm not going to play it now. Aaron Cole had some technical difficulties. He might be, be coming back in through the call line. Um, and if he does, maybe we can even play the clip. So maybe Aaron Cole can come in through Skype through the call line or something. And, um, we can get that clip on, but like, so DNA, uh, those DNA data banks, this is scary. Bethany, I know, you know about these DNA data banks, but they can be weaponized. Now, Fox news was recently talking about this on a broadcast and I was surprised, but I saw the operation behind it and I saw why they were talking about it. It's because, you know, they've already been doing this stuff, you know, this, this vaccine, the, um, the whole uh, jab, the COVID-19, all this stuff, that's DNA, that's RNA technology. We know they're getting in there, something's going on. It's very drastically different technology than former vaccines and previous vaccines that have been out on the market distributed by these companies in big pharma. And so you can right away just kind of tell something's up. If you have any kind of brain at all, you, you, I'm sure alarm bells were going off already uh, in that area, but this Fox News piece, and I hope we get a air a clip from it later. They were really talking about how uh, these vaccines and stuff are able to be uh, your your DNA can be tracked and traced through these programs and through vaccines or biological weaponry which they were actually trying to blame on Russia and China. But basically they were saying through biological weaponry, you can be individually targeted for death. So, um, for instance, Bethany, you probably, um, I don't know if you submitted your DNA to one of those, um, data banks or whatever, but if you did, or let's just say they swabbed you with a COVID test, maybe they did that. Maybe they got your DNA. Maybe one of the listeners out there, you got swabbed and you wondered why they were swabbing you. It's because a lot of those swabs went into a DNA bank. But hey, you know, if they don't like you anymore because you got a Ron Paul bumper sticker or like, and it's still on your car from like 10 years ago, that you're still a terrorist. So are they going to launch a death kill on you? I don't know. But they're literally talking about like the Chinese getting this technology, uh, developing it and possibly carrying out kill operations. And they were also like trying to blame it on the Russians. And I'm just thinking like, that's insane. Their vaccines are already doing this. Bethany, what do you think about this whole, um, you know, the way that people submit their DNA is, you know, is that scary to you? Do you think that's a good thing? What are your thoughts? I think it's a worldwide, a super worldwide targeting operation. Everybody's a target. No one is safe. 
um, people want to know more about their backgrounds and they do these DNA tests. And I was tempted to do one, but I know better, although they're going to find one way or another, just like they, they're, you know, they've done their best to try to find one way or another to get a vaccine in everybody in any which way they can, manipulating, pressuring, uh, you know, if, if, times forcing. Obviously, we've seen in other parts of the country, if not here, I'm sure it has happened here. We just, you know, they try to hide that stuff. Um, but, you know, no one is safe. And I there was just a um, a. Um, headline that just came out monkeypox is spreading faster than the data about it hindering mitigation efforts so we're seeing just like they're targeting everybody's health too and the dna yeah i mean stay away from those those dna those uh you know your 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 those tests stay away from them they're not you know you know enough about your history just uh, know, know i don't worry about the future i don't trust point. those things aaron cole are you back how's your uh situation over there situation is kind of bleak I'm <laughs> doing some weird shit i can hear phone. you now you're uh, good i don't know how this sounds it sounds good you're good to go <laughs> awesome okay um this is through my phone i can't play any clips though i'm Dude, very can you, sorry guys can, is there a way you can get close enough to like something that can play the audio that it would pick it up like can you hold your phone like close that actually like work if you can I, figure it out I can Could, kind of work on that. I need to find a different phone. Okay. I'm using my iPhone right now. Take your time, but, uh, but I was hoping we could second. play part of that DNA clip because it's really important because, I mean, this shit's crazy because, like, even when I saw this, um, it blew my mind. And we're going to have Kevin Adams coming up, retired Air Force jet mechanic. These jets are, I mean, they're complex uh, from what I can see um, and powerful. I know I've seen a lot of... Um, you know, I've lived near Air Force bases and whatnot. So uh, I used to live where the Blue Angels would practice in Florida. And absolutely phenomenal what these uh, jets and their engines can do. So I'm really interested in what he's going to have to say coming up. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's like um, the DNA thing, getting back on that real quick. Um, because we're going to try to get to this clip. We're going to give Aaron a little more time to get this uh, going because you guys got to hear this Fox News. But I didn't expect to hear it on Fox News. I mean, Bethany, you know, to, does that seem like something you would expect them to come out and say on Fox News that like, I mean, I know they're trying to blame it on the Russians and everything. And that's part of the PSYOP and they're already... Um, you know, probably running this through vaccines or whatever, but, um, you know, they're literally coming out and they're like, look, you can be individually targeted for death with DNA. Well, it's to get everybody more upset and thinking, oh, I, you know, I did one of those, uh, you know, I did that. I sent my DNA in and, you know, what were they going to use it for? And, uh, you know, it's to get everybody anxious and worried and you know they want everybody to be low frequency they don't want happiness they you know they have to come out they almost have to come out on mainstream media at this point because i just think i want to hope we're on the verge of a huge awakening at this point i want to hope that there's this revival um and a spiritual revival but i don't know maybe i'm just looking at things through rose colored glasses but it's better than looking through things things that the, they through they live sunglasses but we need to wear them too so we're aware obey 
They live. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm hoping Aaron can pull that up, but I'm actually trying to work on it myself because like I I, ha- I grabbed my cell phone and my only problem is I don't know if I can find this um, clip. Did you say it was the DNA? Yeah, it right? was like a Fox News thing, I think, a DNA thing. Yeah, a DNA looking thing, yeah. Okay, I'm working on sending that to my work phone right now. How to go retrieve that from the living room? I'm so ill prepared with no. My, don't worry. My this stuff this is a right reality show at its uh, finest, right here. The Shepherd Ambella Show on Ambella's Talk Network, ATN Live. Uh, you know, also, and we're gonna bring Kevin Adams up here pretty soon. And I apologize for holding him a little bit, but I want to play this clip. But um. ATN.live, you can set for your your home screen or your mobile device. 97% of our listeners listen through mobile. So what you want to do is create a shortcut to your screen, which makes it like an app, basically. Um, And it makes it really easy to use. So ATN.live support the network and uh, tell people about it because we got to get the word out about the live shows and the stream streams but rained out rantcast did a show on sunday so you can catch his rebroadcast check out the schedule it's in 24 hour military time um, so just know that you got to kind of scroll around and, and uh, convert that to your local time you know it, it knows what time zone you're in but it's in 24 hour time and um you know check out the schedule right now on the schedule page click full schedule and the different days and just go kind of peruse it but that's all going to fill out with a lot more live shows and broadcasts. So I'm hoping to uh, have that done in the next, probably like, I would say like two weeks, this would be a real well-rounded network, you know, so. um, Okay, I got the clip, I think. Here we go. Sunday show. Now, a new warning tonight about DNA companies and your personal information. Your DNA information can be sold and weaponized against you. The alarm being sounded. Listen to this. You can actually take someone's DNA, take you know their their medical profile, and you can target a biological weapon that will that will kill that person. And people will very rapidly spit into a cup and send it into 23andMe and get really interesting data about their background. And guess what? Their DNA is now owned by a private company and can be sold off. We have to have a, an open and public discussion about what does the protection of healthcare information, DNA information, and, and your data look like, because that uh, data is actually going to be procured and collected by our adversaries for the development of these systems. And before anybody goes crazy on this out there, that's a Democrat congressman, Jason Crow. So not a right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, there you have it. So they can target you through your DNA. They go on to say the Russians and the Chinese um, are probably the ones that are going to conduct it. Meanwhile, who knows what tricks they got up their sleeve. I'm going to bring our guest on Kevin Adams, retired Air Force jet mechanic. And a friend of mine, he's on, he goes on Clubhouse and uh, in Shep's World, which you guys can uh, also join up to Clubhouse if you don't know about that. Uh, that's where Kevin and I uh, met on there. So um, and we got into this whole talk about the jet fuel conspiracy in the first place. But Kevin, right off the gate, uh, and then I'm going to let you g- get into a little bit of your background and tell people a little bit more about yourself because everyone's going to want to know. But um, what do you think about this DNA targeting 
so people have been submitting their DNA to these data banks this whole time. And now they come out and they just like openly admit on mainstream media that you can be targeted for death individually. Yeah, Shep. How you doing? Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, man. I'm glad you're on the show. All right. All right. Well, I'm, like Shep saying, I'm retired Air Force, retired in 2000. Uh, my first station was in California, worked on B-52G models and KC-135As, then went to depot and traveled all over the world helping other engine shops out with their backlog of maintenance. Went to Alaska, worked on A-10s, F-16s, and auxiliary power units. Uh, worked the jet engine test facility up there, and then came down here to Barksdale, Louisiana, and worked on the flight line on B-52 H models, and then left that and took a desk job doing bed down security for the National Airborne Operations Center, Tacomo, and Looking Glass. And wow. then retired out of that, started my own business, and been loving life ever since well we appreciate your service sir and um i mean that's that's quite quite a background um uh how's the retired life though now <laughs> i i started my own business when i retired in the air force doing mm-hmm. construct, you know handyman work mm-hmm. and uh it built up built up where i was working in 36 states had 13 employees and just got to the point where it wasn't any fun anymore <laughs> yeah. so i yeah, if it's not fun, you're not doing the right job. Yeah. So I, I just, I just retired completely uh, in 2017 or 2019, and all I do is, like I tell my wife, I take care of our little two and a quarter acres of paradise. Right. And uh, I got a, a completely deaf, half-blind service dog, so I work with him, and he follows me around, and life's good, brother. I'm telling you. That's awesome, man, uh, and I'm I'm glad uh, you know you guys are doing what you're doing down there in uh, you know your area and everything. That's a good area. Um, what do you jump in on this DNA thing? Like, have have you ever submitted your DNA to one of those things or thought about it? Because I I was like thinking about it at one point, and I'm like, I don't know, and I never did. <laughs> no, I, I I never have. The military has our DNA, so if you get you know, killed or blown up, they can identify the body parts and make sure the family gets the right ones. Oh, wow. So the government, the government has my DNA, but I've never gone into a 23andMe or Ancestry or any of that stuff like that. I just don't trust them. Yeah, I don't either. I, I Shep, thought the I, same thing. Yeah, Bethany. Shep, just to jump in real quick, I think in 73, didn't they build a DNA database and they automatically take uh, DNA at birth? If I remember correctly, oh I think yeah, it was in... seventy maybe seventy seven or seventy three, and uh, I think it might have been seventy seven. Bethany, uh, the, I I've heard that several times. Um, I kind of tried to check in on that. I don't know how to um, pull that up or anything. I I can't remember, but um, that's crazy if they've been doing that because you know then the government themselves would know everyone's dna essentially you know so but but it makes you wonder you know i don't i don't know how extensive that collection was because i think that was only to like a certain group of um children or something like that 
Yeah, it could be. Like I said, they'll find their way to get our DNA either way. But um, like, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't familiar with the fact that they would. It makes sense that what Kevin just mentioned about taking it in the military. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to do it. But yeah, what did they do with it thereafter? That's what I always wonder. Now, yeah, and now they're claiming uh, Russia and China have this technology. That's just bizarre. You know, I think it's just more uh, rhetoric or whatever. Uh, Kevin, the whole um, countryside's falling apart in California because I guess, you know, everything's drying out. Those, uh, the Colorado rivers, um, you know, doing its thing that the water levels are real low at Lake Mead. Um, you know, they're, they're bringing boats up into dry dock because they were just like rattling around in the bottom of the lake. Um, the soils are extremely parched all throughout California and it's making it hard for the water to like seep back in. If there ever is rain, it just kind of sits on the surface. So there's all these things that play into this, but weather's, you know, off the chain everywhere. And, um, you know, a lot of our food in the world's uh, food supply is being threatened. Um, just for instance, and I know you know this, Kevin, um, you know, California supplies like two thirds of the fruit and vegetables, something like that, to the United States. And then they supply everywhere else too, you know? So if, if that all dries up, I, I couldn't imagine what's gonna happen, uh, but, uh, Kevin, what, uh, you, you want to get into this? I'm going to give you the floor because uh, this is a good topic to talk about for the show today. Yeah, I've been kind of trying to sound the, ring the bell on this for a couple of years about Lake Mead and about the water situation in California. I have family in California, and, and one of them actually runs a packing house in Central California. And it got so bad, he finally just turned his retirement paperwork in. Or he's doing it this week. And he's calling it quits. But they're limiting their water so badly in areas that you can't even take a shower. They're limiting households, I mean, a complete household here to 55 gallons of water a day. That's, I mean, that's a 55 gallon drum. That's to water your grass with, to clean with, to cook with, to shower with. That's everything, plus your toilets with. And there's areas down in Southern California that don't even have any water. They had to bring in tanks and put them in front of houses and hook that tank up to the, the water line, water main to the house, and then bring a truck by and fill the tank up. Oh, really? They are actually, yeah, they are actually uh, taking bulldozers and wiping, wiping out complete orchards of citrus trees. Hmm. And if people don't think about it in the long run, now, when you plant an orange tree out there, it's seven years before you get a crop. So all of these trees, and they're, they're planting like, you know, if you like pistachio nuts, move to California. That's where they come from. Most of them. 75% of the walnuts come from California. 60, 66% of produce comes from California. If you ever buy a jar of garlic, Look at the label. I'll guarantee you 99 times out of 100, it comes from Gilroy, California, the garlic capital of the world. And all these things are drying up. And well, a lot of it in Southern California that used to be, you know, the Mojave Desert, they have actually been able to, you know, fertilize it and grow crops and stuff like that. Well, all that water comes from Lake Mead. 
and Lake Mead, at the rate it's going, is going to be unable to produce power or water in about four months. Well, I'm worried that that last uh, transformer fire at the dam over there at the Hoover, I was thinking like it, that the thing's already sucking up mud into the pumps and shit. I mean, that's just what was going through my mind. Uh, and I was just picturing like, oh, great, like this is going to get weird. Uh, I mean, who knows? You know, they said it was a transformer fire. But I mean, how low can the, the water level go before the the mud gets sucked into those turbines? Well, they won't let that happen. It, 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 I think it's 845 feet is what that lake can be at before they actually get what's called dead pool, where it, it can't produce water, it can't produce any power. And most people, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> most people think, you know, 845 feet, that's a lot of water. And it's like, no, it's not 845 feet deep. It's 845 feet above sea level to the surface of that lake. It might only be 50, 60 feet deep. But people don't realize that. They, the, the bottom of that lake is all different sizes, you know, depths, everything like that. So they have no way to measure the depth of that lake. So they go compare it to oh, right. sea level. Also, there's, uh, you know, angled edges to the lake, which you would have to figure out the cubic volume and all this stuff for every edge yeah the sides are shaped like a funnel mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the lower it goes the faster it evaporates oh right that makes it even worse now um yeah. if if these um well i mean we talked about the crops a little bit like the uh, almond milk is a big problem because i guess these um almond trees suck up a lot of water like tons of yeah. water yeah, I mean, all of them do. There's crops that use less water, but when you don't have any water, what crop matters? Right. And that's, that's true. That's where it's going. You know, and, and people complain about them dumping fresh water out the Sacramento River right out there into the Gulf. You know, and they've got to do that. And people are like, well, you need to stop doing that. Well, they can't. If they, allow, if they stop that, you get what's called saltwater intrusion, where the water from the bay comes up back up into the where the water used to come, the fresh water used to come out, and you get salt water in there, and it poisons all the soil, and you can't grow nothing. Right. Well, now, um, they got a solution for this um, that they're wanting to do. Are you ready? You know those, um, they passed the liquefaction of human remains in uh, various cities and counties and states. And um, I guess since the soils are so parched, they're going to liquefy humans and water our plants with them. <laughs> well, I, I think they, they did that in Seattle. I, I think I remember yeah. something about that, where you can donate your body to be fertilizer. Yeah. I mean, this is and getting they, crazy. They, they, yeah, they do something to your body, and they put it into a public garden. And, you know, I guess that old child nursery rhyme where the worms crawl in and the worms crawl out is, is coming to pass now. But I, I remember reading something on that. It was, I believe it was Seattle. It might have been Oregon. Yeah, no, uh, it, yeah, it, it was up there in the Pacific Northwest. All It's all the same up there anyways. Um, you yeah. know, you got um, the rainy season because it rains like 300 days a year in that area. And then they got, uh, supposedly they got Bigfoot up there. I don't know. And then, um, yeah, I used to live there. It's It's depressing in that area. I had to get out. But now they got Antifa yeah. uh, infiltrated up in that area. Yeah, but it was such a peaceful protest. 
burning <laughs> buildings or police stations taken over or city city blocks you know colonized the antifa you guys remember that bethany you remember aaron cole are you still there you can come in on your phone uh antifa that was some crazy shit when they made that uh city in portland or wherever that was and they're they're claiming like it was like a a no-go zone or whatever like no cop would even go in there it was like they own the whole area yeah whatever those, happened with that little area those, <laughs> those dummies were like trying to grow crops on top of like cardboard with a little bit of soil and planting seeds into it it, it turned out to be the biggest Are shit show it seemed like. <laughs> yeah they, they, oh my they God. don't know anything they're, they're the dumbest people ever Antifa. i think there was like a drug dealer or some kind of like kingpin guy kind of rolling around there and he was like trying to be like the warlord of that area complete shit show there was some, we need uh, a little bit of law and order we don't need the federal what, government and all that kind of stuff one of the we need a little bit of law and order. one of the antifa leaked the uh antifa manual to this dude that i know and uh this dude i know i used to work with him back when i was younger and he's in the pacific northwest and he he's like yeah one of my employees gave me this manual and he like sent it to me and it looked like legit uh if you like according to what me and bethany found out like antifa's not really going to admit they got a manual but they really did have one i mean it really looked le like fairly legit i don't know i just think that's all a big um like FBI operation or something. Kevin, what's your thought on Antifa? Like, what do you think spawned that? Like, what do you think's the deal behind it? Who do you think funds it? What do you, like, what is that? I think it's a domestic terrorist group that's funded by the deep state, the Democrats, the cabal yep. and Soros. Yep. Can I say all that online? Oh yeah. <laughs> you can say that on ATN, ATN.live. Did you hear that? He didn't get cut off or banned. The YouTube didn't shut down. <laughs> ATN.live. Yeah, that, that, that's what I think. That's what I believe. <laughs> yeah. Man. Do you remember, do you remember Shepard when we were uh, interviewing uh, Jerome Corsi and he was talking about Antifa being kind of like the brown shirts from the Nazi regime, yeah. regime and stuff like that. Right. That's, the whole time we were interviewing him, I just got goosebumps when he was just kind of laying all that down, and it it totally makes sense to me that they're yeah they might be controlled by like CIA and kind of some some kind of overarching um, you know control mechanism, but then they let them kind of do their own thing. But those people are they're they're controlled psyops absolutely, and they just get marching orders from somebody. Somebody delivers bricks for them to start throwing into windows. I'm I'm kind of expecting them to start returning back here pretty soon since we got remember the they were they were delivering in, bricks and uh, pallets. November. They would just bring the bricks in and pallets for the uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all that. That's crazy. But membership, we did a show where they were there was word that they were disappearing them off the streets. Yeah, no, they were remember like they were that, getting yeah. pulled into vans and yeah, and, like, and people yep. were and I mean in some ways you know like we would probably like chuckle like ha oh, like fucking antifa got rounded up but like that's crazy because they're snatching and grabbing americans on american soil <laughs> no you were being really cool about it because you were saying like you know that's that's not right like whether you agree with certain groups or not it's right. still not right you know no matter what yeah no that's pretty crazy people off yeah the streets. but like, whatever happened to antifa i, I mean really maybe if they're antifa maybe they should like write that into the clause it's like <laughs> 
like only anti <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, Sandy Hook and Alex Jones. Uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, Alex Jones goes to court. Uh, he, you know, he's been uh, doing the whole thing with the Sandy Hook families. As, well, in my opinion, I don't, I, I personally, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think that something else is going on there at minimum. There was some kind of like drill or operation. It's just like a little bizarre, but they're really like running them through the ringer for it because, okay. So Alex Jones comes out and he says, Sandy Hook is a hoax or whatever. Great. Okay. I can do that right now here. Um, yes, it is of my belief that the Sandy Hook is a hoax. Okay, great. Sue me, fucking dicks. Because you can't, you stupid fucks, because it's my belief. All right? All right. Let's get that straight. It's America. So uh, that was that, and that's how you get out of that lawsuit. Game over. Done. But look, how do they run them through the ringer? Like, is that some type of deeper operation? Because shouldn't you be able to claim something like that? Like you're, you're commentating on the radio every day. You're like a fucking commentator. Your whole company's listed under entertainment purposes only, you know, cause that's how he has it listed. And it's under like news and entertainment. And, um, so he has all these like legal ease out and he's like a commentator. It's not like you're going to go on air and, and, I mean, I like really in front of every word, you're going to say it's of my opinion. It's of my opinion. And then you got to start talking. Like I could have said that earlier because we were talking about dumping uh, fucking uh, humans on, you know, dumping the human remains on the uh, crops. Right. So what is a farmer going to sue me? I mean, you see what I mean? Like, I mean, this is crazy. Like, did I have to say it's of my opinion they're doing that? Or, I mean, I said it kind of jokingly. So that was a, a joke. But isn't this kind of like crazy territory that whether you believe the Sandy Hook was real or not, I mean, shouldn't Alex Jones kind of be able to like say it's not? I mean, like, what if he's crazy? What if he's like mentally unstable? Uh, what if he free speech? Yeah, what if he was drunk that free day? What if it's just free speech? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, so what are what are y'all's thoughts on that? Let's start with Kevin. I don't know what I'll think about that. I've been thinking about wanting to go back to touch on a subject we've already talked about if, if we can. Yeah, let let we will. Let's Bethany. What do you think about this Alex Jones situation? I think it's just another uh, nail in the coffin of free speech. I mean, free speech is just, if it's not completely, it's a death door. Let's put it that way. It's, it's, it, it's not far. And after number one comes number two. Yeah. I mean, that go. it's ridiculous that I couldn't claim that, um, you know, I can't say Howard Stern's an asshole. I can't say, um, uh, you know, it's of my opinion that jet fuel doesn't exist. I mean, damn, am I going to get sued by the airlines now? Cause I mean, I like, what's the deal? Like, that's pretty wild that they got this dude. They're going to drain him over this, you know? So that was in the news today. 
it all over the mainstream and they're all talking about it and everything but yeah the the crop thing the weather did kevin do you think the weather plays like do you think the weather's changing or because there's like two trains of thought like the weather does seem to be getting more drastic but the overall like if you listen to al gore he was saying like the seas are going to rise over florida and all this stuff and none of that really ever happened um but the weather does seem to be acting i would say so like erratic yeah i think it's uh weather manipulation and tasmania the island state from australia is getting ready to prove that right now because they just had a massive flood and wiped out i mean i don't know how many people's homes and and uh, ranches and gardens and crops i mean just just decimated the island and the government admitted that they screwed up seeding clouds and did it. And now all the citizens are suing the government for their losses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, what's crazy well, is they openly, like there's um, private corporations that um, modify weather. You can hire them to do like cloud seeding, stuff like that. Now, okay, so let's talk about it. Like I find that weird. You know, if we had a, a really good government or... I guess like a, a genuine uh, government. I mean, you know, it, it is science that you can cloud seed and make it rain and stuff. Uh, why do you think there's just no agencies, you know, like having this uh, funded so that they can create rain in these places where there's drought? I don't think they had perfected it yet. If mm-hmm. they had perfected it, Tasmania wouldn't have been flooded. Oh. I think a lot of these floods, if you think about it, I mean, yeah, it's it's warm, but I mean, when they had the Dust Bowl, was it raining and, and cool? No, it was dry and hot, just like it is now. Mm-hmm. So it's just a cycle the Earth goes through, and, and man's trying to mess with Mother Nature, so to speak, and that never right. ends well. It, it, like, if you're, me- yeah, if you're messing with Mother Nature, it might... Uh you know, do its thing <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> like don't mess with mother nature. I think <laughs> you can take it a step further too, real quick and say that maybe these heat domes and all that stuff is kind of orchestrated. Cause look at where they're at. They're over parts of the United States that grow food. They have cattle. They're doing it in Western Europe. They're doing it in China. So these are all like very key strategic places. I, I think they actually do have a, very strong control over it to be honest with you and this is all orchestrated just to go ahead and perpetuate some kind of cycle of just uh, just start the great reset in a way just take out the food take out the infrastructure max out all the production of like electricity as much as possible strain the grids and then burn the system down it's kind of the way i see it but they could also it could also be like what y'all are saying as well but I just wanted to throw that different little angle in there that they're doing this shit on purpose. Like they're flooding places. I think it was last year they were almost flooding China so much. The I think it's the Three Gorges Dam was like about to bust. And now they have this crazy heat wave over there. I think it's all on purpose. Well, that's another. 500 million. Just that, remember that. Five Deagle report. 500 million Georgia Guidestones. Here I we think go. they said by 2024 or something like that was the Deagle report. Did um, you were just mentioning dams? I guess we could talk about that real quick. Um, the infrastructure also 
um, because like rained out rant cast, I was talking with him on clubhouse one time and, and he was getting into how these dams can chain react, um, and just keep collapsing and, and going down. And there's this system. And I think it's the one that leads like down maybe into the, um, Mississippi ultimately or something, but there's, I don't know where it, it starts like way up where, and there's a whole series of dams. I was thinking he said like more than 20 or something. And I was just like, listening, like, wow. Um, but he like researched into it and I know there's failing infrastructure. They blame the, the, uh, you know, they said the levees broke during hurricane Katrina, that type of thing. Um, do you, I mean, this dry when also like when you have dry weather, like in California, does that, you know, is that going to cause uh failing infrastructure in other ways, you know, do, um, do other things fail? I don't know, but it seems like it's all going to chain react. Kevin, did you hear about the, uh, arc storms that Noah was talking about the, uh, national oceanic atmospheric administration, they released this pamphlet and they started talking about what they were calling arc storms, like, like they're expecting them. And California is all dry right now, but it's weird because they actually use California as an example in all these, these documents and their, their presentation and paperwork. And they were saying how, um, when these atmospheric move rivers move in and these, these have been happening in various places around the world. Uh, even in like Canada, maybe. Um, but as, as like these atmospheric rivers move in, it's just so much moisture in the atmosphere. It just dumps like all at once. And especially like on that soil that's already dried out, it causes immense flooding and mudslides and stuff like that. Have you heard any word on, uh, anything like that? Or would you be expecting that? Um, I've heard about the, the rivers and stuff like that. And I've heard about, uh, you know, like in Lake Mead where it's all dried out. If mm -hmm. it gets hit by rain, it won't, it's, it's so dry that it's almost crystallized that it won't absorb the moisture. Mm -hmm. So they, they may not be able to fill that lake back up. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's that bad, but the atmospheric rivers, I've heard about them, but I haven't studied them or researched them. But I know they, you know, go across the a continent like a river, but it's an atmospheric river, and it dumps just, you know, enough rain to just destroy an entire city if they, if it if it wants to. Oh yeah. And uh, it's just it it's they've been predicting this. I don't know if you ever listened to a guy named Mike from around the world. He was talking mm -hmm. about those two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, um, and he talks about a whole bunch of wild stuff. He was he was talking about the volcanoes uh, going off. I mean, the atmosphere is changing. The, the world's changing. He he was talking about uh, uh, portions of the United States, entire cities are going to have to be evacuated because liquid liquefaction of the soil. Oh yeah, no, everything's, right. Things just going to start sinking. Get out and you know run and. <laughs> find some high ground that's uh interesting to get into uh, liquid liquefaction liquefaction all that um 
the mud floods, previous mud floods. I think that's all possible and could even be coming. I saw some CIA uh, declassified papers where they were talking about that. But we're, we got about 15, 16 minutes left in the show. And I thought we'd get into the fun part, the conspiracy part that's out there on the interweb. They're talking about this jet fuel hoax, jet fuel conspiracy. God, I hope I don't get... Am I going to get sued from like American Airlines for saying jet fuel's a hoax? <laughs> so, no. Uh, <laughs> they better not. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, there's this jet fuel hoax out there. And um, a, a, lot of, a lot of people jumped on this bandwagon. And so, I dove into it a little bit. And I thought, I thought you know, it's a little interesting. I always wondered how how the wings went rip off when, when the plane landed and I would watch the wings and they didn't necessarily seem like they were just loaded down with fuel sometimes. And they kind of shook in my opinion, cause I've been on lots of airplanes just as a passenger, you know? And, um, you know, I watched the wings and I mean, I guess you can tell there's more weight in them sometimes, but I don't know if that's the design of the plane or whatnot. Um, but that's why we got, uh, Kevin Adams here because he's a retired air force jet mechanic and he knows a lot of details about aircraft and these aircraft are huge. Um, one of the ones that comes up, uh, Kevin in this conspiracy video that they got out there, like one of the main videos called jet fuel hoax. Um, and it's on the space busters channel or whatever. And they're talking about this Airbus 8380. And um, I did get into these specs one day and, and kind of checked into this. And this was like really um, accurate. So um, I just went on the video today and kind of ran down this stuff. But uh, if any of it's wrong, it's wrong. But I think it, it was all right when I checked it before because I got the technical data sheet for the aircraft and all that at one point and i was like looking at it but basically they're saying this airbus 8380 has a max fuel capacity of 85,471 us gallons right so uh 85,471 us gallons is quite a bit of fuel um I'm going to put weight of jet fuel. Do you know the weight of jet fuel offhand? Anyone, uh, Kevin, this figure about eight, eight, eight pounds a gallon. Okay. So, um, let's, Oh, it says, um, some fuel. Okay. About seven, 6.8. It's saying, yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. So let's just put seven. So it's saying 6.8. Um, let's put seven and let's calculate, Let's just do this on air. It'll be a fun thing. People can play along with their calculators. Let's calculate 85,471 gallons times seven equals, you got 598,297 pounds. So nearly 600,000 pounds of weight. Now, you y'all have been on some some 747s and whatnot and there's big military aircraft that make these planes look small and i'm sure kevin's going to tell us about a couple of these aircraft uh you know and but uh, that's a lot of weight and to give you an example 
if you had 16 of those red London double-decker buses, you know, if you, if you all can picture those, those big double-decker buses they, they got in London, you've probably seen them driving around. You got to put 16 of those on each wing. Can you take off or land with 16 of those on each wing? Um, okay, here's another example, then we're going to let Kevin get into this. Um, I'm going to give a couple more. Okay, a herd of 32 fully grown elephants on each wing. A herd of 32 fully grown elephants on each wing. Can you take off or land? Do the wings rip off when you land with 32 elephants strapped to each wing? Like if you were gliding in with 32 elephants strapped to the wing, it will, I would think it would be kind of like flopping up and down. Like, I don't even know if it could support that, but I mean, supposedly each one of these wings supports over 250,000 pounds. If you run the math. Now, some of this fuel, I'm imagining Kevin's going to tell us there's a bladder tank in here, but I did, I mean, it, there's these bladder tanks that go in the C-130s, and Kevin, I know about this, and these bladder tanks that they put in the cargo section of the C-130s, they're pretty um, good size, and they fill a pretty good amount of that um, cargo portion in the C-130, and there's three of these, and they hold 9,000 uh, U.S. gallons each. And that's in a C-130, and, and they got to strap them in and have like 10 people strapping these around. They got to keep tightening the straps because the fucking gas is sloshing around. And if it gets too loose, the fucking plane starts jiggling around, and then it's a total shit show. So they got 9,000 pounds in each one of those. They got three, nine times three, uh, 27. They got 27,000 pounds. But they're telling us there's more than a half million pounds in this Airbus 8380. Kevin, you got the floor. Uh, that was just my intro into like what these hoaxers believe or have checked into, but it is kind of a compelling, just I'm no expert looking in on it from the outside. Just what I said is fascinating at least. Yeah, but I don't think landing with 32 elephants on your, standing on your wing, it could be too aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> But um, let's say you're on a 747. Let's use a commercial aircraft. You're on a 747, sitting on a runway, fully fueled up at JFK in New York City. You're going to uh, Madrid, Spain. You're not making a fuel stop. You have to have the fuel to take that there. Mm -hmm. Now, that 747 got, uh, what, 400 people on it? Mm-hmm and load up for fuel to make it 6,000, 7,000 miles. That mm -hmm. 747 takes off just like what happened to Sully. Bird strike wipes out an engine. Mm -hmm. They swing around, try and land. There's a 99% chance you're about to die. Because mm. they're because fully the fueled. Of the fuel in those wings and that landing gear, it will rip the landing gear off, rip the wings off, and that plane will explode and everybody will die because it's too heavy to land now um kevin i understand that as as a, a principle and um you know that totally makes sense obviously like everyone understands that now these hoaxers are claiming and this is 
pretty weird because I like saw some of this footage and stuff and it's like I don't know what to think of it um, I know planes can dump their fuel um, there's a lot of crash pictures that these uh, hoaxers are, are putting out because they're saying like look this is proof these these wings don't really have anything in them um, where there's like zero fuel in the wings and the wings aren't damaged and the rest of the planes burn out and the, you can kind of see in parts of the wing and it's, it's just like a little bit bizarre. Um, from what I looked at, um, and maybe you can get into this, the wings have these separators in them. So the stuff doesn't slosh around. Is that, is that right? Yeah. It's a, it's a bladder. It's not a tank. Mm-hmm. And, and they have fuel valves where they can shut that fuel off at the wing and diverters where they can divert fuel off. You know, when they're, when they're refueling, they only, you know, have one port they put their fuel line into. Well, they're in the cockpit hipping, flipping switches to open about valves, and they're putting fuel all through that aircraft. And mm-hmm. when they're done, they can shut off the valves for the, for the wing. So if the aircraft lands, the wings don't blow up. They have the valves look shut. Not a big deal. But let's, let's, let's talk about a, a B-52, something mm-hmm. I'm more familiar with. Yeah. I've got I've got 20 years experience on them, 19 years experience wow. on them. If you have a B-52 sitting in its parking spot, empty, no no fuel in it, the landing gear won't even basically touch the ground. It'll bear, maybe if the wind's blowing, it'll touch the ground. When you fuel that thing up, when it's getting ready to go do a mission, those wingtips are almost fully compressed. Oh really? So you can uh, you can yeah. see physically now, see these. Now, now, now listen, Chef. When that thing is fully fueled up, when mm-hmm. that B fifty two takes off and gets in flight, those wingtips have moved up sixteen feet. Oh wow! Because from, of the the from, lift on from the, the air uh, velocity and the lift that goes over the wings. That's how the aircraft flies. Okay. It's this thrust is greater than the weight and the lift. So okay you know, now. The, the, like that, an F-16 or a, a fighter jet can fly at 50,000 feet, and a commercial airliner can't because the jet's got a higher thrust-to-weight ratio than a commercial jet does. Uh, okay. Now, um, let's get into the real fascinating part. we got about seven minutes left, or six or seven minutes to, to get into this, so just run it down. Uh, part of the other conspiracy that these guys are claiming is um, planes are basically ran off of compressed air and they're not burning as much gas as they're saying. Therefore, the airlines are charging all this money for tickets and they're not putting out all this money. So it's a gold mine and it's a secret. Um, but, um, the, they're, they're basically claiming they, they power these jets to maybe start them and then run like an onboard generator and then, um, air rams into these engines and keeps it going. Uh, coincidentally, you and I were talking about this and we got into where there's like these um, bypass and ramjets and all this shit. And it started kind of making sense and coming together to some extent. And I'm like, wow, you know, that you're kind of telling me you're kind of like touching in this territory, but I don't know how far it goes in that territory, but it's fascinating. Uh, Kevin Adams, you got the floor. Well, you have like a, a Jado, a Ramjet, a turbojet, and a turbofan, and a high bypass fan. So you have different categories of aircraft engines. The Jado is a jet-assisted takeoff, and it's more for like C-130s on short runways when they got to get up in a hurry. They put it on there, they spark it, and it's like just a uh, like the rocket that when you're a kid, you put it on a stick, light it up, and go up and run out of fuel, and then yeah. die off. That's, that's basically what a Jado is. 
Mm-hmm. A ramjet is another jet engine, but it doesn't have any starter on it. When the aircraft starts rolling with its like props, like a C-130, well, the air, you know, ramjet air forces in it to get the compressor turning. They hit the fuel, the igniter lights up, it starts burning, it's turn the turbine, turn the compressor. Now they got air, those jet engines. A turbojet, all the air that is taken in by the compressor, usually a 16-stage air compressor, all that air goes into the engine, in the combustion, out the exhaust. On a turbofan, up to 85% of the thrust that engine creates comes from the bypass air that goes on the outside of the engine cowling. The other 15% is used inside the engine for compression, ignition, and exhaust. And you said up to 85% of this um, bypass air accounts for the thrust for the motor. There is now people claiming um, from from corporations, I believe, and I, I got to check into this more, but that number might, they might even be openly admitting that's like a 90% number now. I'm not going to claim that's a fact because I didn't have much time to dig into it, but that's what it looks like. But let's just say 85%. That's still insane. You got an eight. Can you kind of get into a little detail on that bypass? Because that's fascinating. Well, it's the, the fan blades. I mean, on a CFM 56, you can stand up in the inlet. It's just like six feet in diameter, but the engine's only three feet in diameter. So you have 18 inches of those blades on each side that are just pushing air past the engine on the outside of the engine, that's where some of your thrust comes from. But that fan is connected to the low speed turbine on the, on the back of the engine and is connected through a front compressor rotor or front, com, front compressor turbine rotor shaft. And it connects the low speed turbine with the low speed compressor. And there's another shaft that connects the high speed turbine with the high speed compressor. So the, com, the combustion from the jet fuel and that exhaust and the compressed air going through turns those turbines, which is what turns the fan that creates those 85% or the 85% thrust. So yeah, a jet engine, I mean, make it as simple as possible. We only got like four minutes. Take a, a balloon, blow that balloon up, just a round balloon, hold and hold that, that valve in your finger. It's perfectly round, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, Newton's law, or not Newton, but, uh, Isaac, yeah, Isaac Newton's law of relativity for every action there's equal, equal opposite reaction. Right. When you when you, you can put that balloon, the front balloon against your hand and let go of that valve, it's no longer round. It's oval shaped and it's pushing your hand. What has happened is for every action there's equal opposite reaction. The action was you let go of that valve and reduce the pressure on, on that end that's the end of the balloon. Well what happened is that increases the amount of pressure on the front of that balloon, which is what causes just that's thrust in the very near palm of your hand. That's uh, thrust. That's and a, that's what happens with an aircraft engine. God, that seems complex. That's that's awesome though. Uh, I wish we had more time. We're uh, running out of time. Um, we got to get on. We got to have like a roundtable about this and get. Um, get some other people like digging like i want to dig into a little more of these details because they took like this airbus 8380 as an example i would like to take a military jet like you worked on and break it down and maybe like a more modern aircraft but uh thanks for coming on the show kevin adams we appreciate your service you have a good one thanks jeff you too all right bye We'll see everyone Good night, everybody. tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel, ATN.live and Bella's Talk Network. Tell everyone about it.
Shepard Ambella's beat. The sickest ass beats in the business. That was a good show. Uh, we'll be, uh, you, you guys can catch the rebroadcast too. The latest rebroadcast of the Shepard Ambella show airs in different slots. Check the schedule, check the full schedule, atn.live. Get the Apple Podcasts, get the Spotify, Amazon Music. Rate and review, too, if you're on Apple. Five star. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.